So John 6, 35, first of all, and then 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17. This is God's holy and infallible word. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And from 1 Corinthians, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ, and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. So, one body, one loaf. These words that uh, were written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians that we just read, these words that he uses, one body, one loaf, really help us understand what communion or the Lord's Supper is about. And they also link up with what Jesus says to us when he says, as we saw a number of weeks ago, I am the bread of life. That I am statement connects here with communion in a very special way. In the Lord, this one language, there's a lot of talk of unity when the Bible talks about the Lord's Supper. And you'll see it later in the service when we prepare for Lord's Supper, this talk of unity, like we who are many are one body. And the Bible often talks about unity in general. And the Bible brings us words of unity, urges to unity in the midst of a world where sin breaks us apart, where skin, sin, sin scatters, sin isolates. From the scattering of people in the ancient world from the Tower of Babel that they were building to today, sin disconnects. Sin divides and fragments people. It breaks down relationships. So despite social media and Facebook and the fact that lots of people have hundreds of friends and contacts, they say that we are more lonely and isolated as a people than ever before. And a quick glance at headlines about loneliness, and you'll get, uh, get articles like these. The loneliness epidemic, social isolation, it could kill you. Nearly half of Americans report feeling alone. Social isolation, loneliness in older people pose health risks. A couple more, millennials and the loneliness epidemic. And finally, young people are lonelier than their elders. And the list goes on. I could have added a lot more. Statistics also show suicides are up. Depression and anxiety are at all-time highs, especially in children. And 
reasons for those things in any person's life obviously are very complex, but the way sin scatters and isolates is certainly the root cause of those issues. And, and, and maybe this morning you know exactly what I'm talking about in terms of experiencing loneliness and feeling, being, or feeling separated from people. Whether, whether you're, you're maybe a student in, in grade school or middle school or, or high school or, or beyond, and you, you've felt that in the midst of the classroom in the hallway, there's all these people, but you feel that loneliness. Or, or maybe it's the loneliness you feel when you miss a loved one who has, who has passed away. Speaking for myself, I'm so blessed with, with the wife God has given me and my children, but yet there are times that I feel separated, that I feel all by myself, that I feel lonely. And it's part of living in this world of sin. Sin scatters. And the devil wants people to feel isolated rather than together, and then he can pick people off easier if they're feeling alone or if they are alone. And and so he tries his best to divide us from other people. And sin can even encourage uh, believers to live in isolation and and scattered, to live like... uh, I I want to use the picture that we used in that bread of life sermon. Even Christians can live like isolated little wheat seeds, wheat grains, to maybe not come to church as much, even if they're physically able, and and to try to go it alone spiritually or, or... or to be a member of a church, but not really engage, not really connect, maybe just kind of show up for worship and, and, and leave. That, that sin pushes us towards those sorts of actions uh, to not be together, um, or, or at least not to connect, maybe be here on Sunday mornings in the big group of people where it's 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 a wonderful time where we can worship together but then it's harder here to get to the deeper connection and unity that you can in in smaller groups in this brotherhood that we've been doing for guys uh in in the smaller groups like sunday evening worship that's a little more intimate and we're connecting more than in the bigger group the, the connections in prayer groups and in Bible studies, the connection when you're serving with the group of people. The reality is, and I, I know this, there's all kinds of reasons not to get connected. We're very busy. We're working our fingers to the bones. Our families occupy so much of our time, but our isolation is not healthy. 
spiritually. And it's a result ultimately of sin. And this is not what Jesus wants for us. Instead, from the very beginning of the creation of the world all the way to the end, while skin, sin scatters, Christ gathers. And, and I use that picture of an isolated wheat grain to picture people in our loneliness and, and isolation. Just think about those. It, just think about how puny and insignificant those little wheat grains are all by themselves. But what can happen as many start to come together? There's a bigger group of them. And then beyond that group, when you get hundreds and thousands and millions of other seeds and they're crushed by heavy millstones, they're ground into flour with the others. And when you get that flour, that pile there in the middle, the grain, those seeds, are still in that flour. But they're in a totally different form. And it can't be distinguished, the seeds, the grain, on its own anymore. It's become dissolved into that huge mass of crushed-to-powder grains. And, and that's what Jesus intends for us, that we go from being isolated to becoming part of the fellowship, part of the church. And that unity, that togetherness, gets even stronger when you get to dough, adding water and, and dough, and the dough is kneaded, and it, then it's baked, and out comes this one loaf. And, and now that single grain is entirely unrecognizable, and yet it's still there. But what's happened is that it's been brought to its ultimate destiny. One grain alone is never going to make a loaf of bread. But in combination with others, it transforms completely into a loaf of bread, into something else entirely. And as Christians as well, we only reach our destiny, our full potential in fellowship with fellow believers. And the church, friends, has the answer to the isolation and the loneliness that's in our society. We as a church can be the antidote for people who are alone. The church, this church, is the antidote for your loneliness and mine too. What else but the body of Christ can solve this scattering and, and, and division and isolation in the world? Nothing. The world's attempts fail miserably. So, and, and so many of us have experienced the, the togetherness of the body of this very loaf. People finding and, and fulfilling their destiny, their purpose in Christian fellowship. That uniting is so close as we are all transformed into something new together, that in a certain sense, we give up our independence. We give up our will for the body, for the church. We desire to only live in the fellowship and for the fellowship 
of believers, the family of God. And, and we want to experience that, and we do right here in our congregation faith, that precious togetherness with our brothers and sisters. And we have that unity with the family and the fellowship of believers all around the world, everywhere. And, and we're going to catch a glimpse of that, the Lord willing, next Sunday um, from our mission emphasis preachers. This world here, worldwide, beautiful body, a beautiful loaf of bread to feed the world. And, and what we're doing today, celebrating the Lord's Supper, plays a really vital role in all this. Uh, what's the other word we use for the Lord's Supper again? Communion. That means union with, the opposite of scattering, the opposite of being broken up or isolated. Union, communion. We celebrate the finished work of the Son bringing us into fellowship with the Father where once sin separated us from Him. And this is more than a celebration, as great as that is. There's a special union with Jesus that you and I experience. And that's why we say, and we're going to say it later on, let us lift up our hearts to Christ Jesus as we celebrate. It's not like some Christians believe that when we do this, Christ becomes physically present in some way, but he does come to be present in a special way, and by faith, we lift up our hearts to meet him so that our unity with the Savior, our brother, our friend, becomes closer. And as we commune with him in communion in a very special way, and also in other ways, like through the proclamation of God's word, through our own devotions and prayer, what we learn is that when it comes down to it, he can fulfill all our needs, even if there's literally no one else in our lives. As the bread of life, he's everything we need. He will satisfy. He will fill. That communion with our Lord Jesus is enough. But he also blesses us so much because he provides us not only with that communion with him, but he provides us with one another in the church, brothers and sisters of the grains of wheat he has gathered to, to this church who have given up their independence, in a sense, to belong to a greater good, to have a greater purpose, to become bread for each other and to become bread for others. Thinking of, of that, us isolated grains coming together because of Jesus. I, I think of what so many here of us here have gone through. Like It's like that, that strenuous and harsh activity and process of wheat seeds as they go from you know, the millstone, threshing, to the dough, to, the, to an oven, uh, to a loaf. We've gone through some pretty strenuous stuff, too, as a church. We've suffered. We've wept together at graveside. 
even gravesides of, of babies. Our hearts have been wrenched when uh, we've heard of a tragic and sudden loss in the church family or, or another setback for someone who's already gone through so much. We've prayed with anguish about yet another hospitalization or surgery for a dear brother or sister or about a recurrence of cancer in another or about a wayward child or grandchild in another family. As Christ suffered, the Bible says if we belong to him, we too have trials, even as we live with him. And all of that has created a unity among us here at faith. It's created a strength. It's created a bond and a purpose. And Jesus has used it so we can feed each other and this hungry, lonely world with the bread of life that in Christ we have become. And and so let's keep together. Let's celebrate and let's not resist what Christ is doing in our midst in a very special and unique way at Faith Church. So we had, we had, a, we had a council meeting. Uh, we do every other month uh, on the third Monday of the month, usually. So we had it. That was this past Monday. And our vice president of the council at the meeting urged the elders and deacons and the leadership of the church that was there to lean in to lean in to uh, the work of the church. And the, the elders and deacons uh, and I also want to invite and urge each one of you today to lean in, to lean into Christ's gathering of us, even right here. Even while sin and the world push us to scatter, lean into Christ's spirit bringing us together and the unity and then the purpose and the richness and the joy and the care of being one body, one loaf. And in so doing, you're going to fulfill your destiny as a human being. And when we're all doing that, we'll also fulfill God's destiny for us as a church. And we've seen some amazing and beautiful ways God has worked in our midst already, and I believe we're going to see it more and more by the power and grace of our God as we respond to him in faith and with prayerful service here. How beautiful it is that in Jesus, we're not a lonely, um, almost insignificant grain. But he makes us part of the loaf. And that's your purpose. That's how to fulfill your destiny in this world and in the world to come. Let's pray. Father, even as we think of the big picture of the teaching of your word and its proclamation throughout the world, throughout history, and as we marvel at uh, the gathering of your people 
all sorts, all tribes and tongues, in all times, we marvel, O oh God, that though sin has scattered and does scatter, yet you sent your son Jesus uh, to gather your own to yourself, even each one of us. Oh God, we marvel and, and we're thankful for the gathering of your people, even right here at Faith, uh, this precious congregation to which we belong and where we're worshiping this morning. I pray, oh God, that we would follow and hear uh, your leading, your gathering uh, in the church uh, as we become bread to feed one another. And then, oh God, help us also to be uh, using what we are becoming, your bread, the bread of life. Use it for a hungry world, even as you're using it for each one of us who are hungering and thirsting uh, for more of you, O oh Lord, and more of uh, the communion and fellowship of the saints. As we celebrate communion in just a bit, may that celebration and that united union with Jesus that we experience there um, help us all the more and inspire us and fill us all the more to overflowing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.